0: I'm Christy and I'm Auntie B and we are homebrew murder, murder crew. crew sans yeah. Megan but she is here in spirit I'm sure so happy new year merry Christmas all those holidays that we miss probably Thanksgiving too I'm pretty sure but like Halloween Halloween Thanksgiving. Hanukkah whatever it is that you celebrate happy days uh we hope that you all had a safe and happy new year or holiday season I should say. And healthy. And healthy. Because I don't know about you
1: but I had oh three weeks
0: God. off work and I spent
1: half of it sick and bad.
0: Yeah it was pretty bad. I was uh, pretty convinced that I wasn't going to be able to enjoy Christmas with my family but we powered through. Little M had a hard time but uh, he's a tough little boy though.
1: Yeah. He he got through. it. Yeah He's tougher than I am because I fucking almost didn't get through
0: it. It was it was a rough one. Yeah, and well, I don't know wherever you guys are listening, but like here in Canada, United States, North America in general is experiencing like major shortages on cold medications, not just for children, but also like adult medications too.
1: It's also fucking cold. Yeah. Like we got to like such a cold snap. Yeah, we got to like minus 40 over the holidays. And even in the U.S., like I I can't remember the last time that almost 3,000 flights were canceled from Mm -hmm. out of the U.S. because of snow. Yeah. So weather, like over the Christmas holidays, interfered with my plans, not once, but twice. My best friend was supposed to come from Kansas, but her flight was one of the ones that was canceled from the snowstorm Mm -hmm. in the States. But then that fucking freezing rain was the night before we were supposed to drive to Red Deer and go wedding dress shopping yeah <laughs> so it was like not once but twice the weather interfered <laughs> but when you're in Canada you can't really expect anything less and you oh kind of just gosh. plan your shit around the yeah, but
0: possibility how, yeah and how crazy is it that we've lived here our whole lives but we're still surprised and we're still like ah you know but Anyways, this isn't a podcast about weather. No, but I mean, when you're Canadian, it's an easy topic. It is. (laughs) It really is. Um, We are back here. It's 2023, and we wanted to hop on, and we don't actually have a case for you today, but... The purpose of our episode is just kind of to bring in the new year with you guys and wish you merry, happy, everything and kind of reflect on 2022 as, as a podcast, cause that was our first full year as a podcast. Yeah.
1: Which is so weird to think about, by the yeah. like, way, like a whole year.
0: Yeah, It was spotty, but
1: yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, uh, we did a lot more remote, I think than anything we did, but you know what you guys, that's, that's life you. You know, the one thing is, is that we knew this was something we cared about and it was a passion. And no matter how much life tried to get in our way and trust us, it did. uh, We still tried our best and we know we have areas of improvement.
0: Exactly. And I think that's one thing that we can relate to our listeners is that we do have lives outside of the podcast and life happens and everybody knows that life happens and throws a wrench in your plans. And one of the things we said going into this podcast was that our lives come first. My family comes first. Your family comes first. Megan's family comes first. Our our jobs come first. Our mental health comes first. first first. Yeah. And we've had to make a lot of concessions when it comes to recording. We've had to make a lot of concessions just in our personal lives. You know, we, we grow from that. We learn from that and hopefully we can bring you more content this year. And the last thing we want to do is bring you half-assed content. I mean, if we're not feeling it, if we don't have time to do the research, um, like that's one place obviously we we all have uh, to grow in is, yeah. is our research skills and everything. But um, we don't want to come on and just deliver a half-assed episode just to get an episode out there. So yeah, we're going to skip a couple weeks or, you know, we might do a micro brew here or there because, um, it's, it's shorter, it's quicker. It's, you know, but I mean, we're still passionate about it, yeah. but at the end of the day, if well, they, we've been know, doing
1: it for a year. Yeah. So even though we haven't done it weekly or bi-weekly or whatever, yeah. we are still
0: here year later doing it yeah. and if you guys remember we all have a history together so Megan Brittany and I we all met blockbuster. through blockbuster video and this podcast along with our Facebook group that started first has been the thing that's brought us together again and it's kind of been like a glue really kind yeah. of managed it's to this common together. ground that we all have an interest yeah. in and it it brought us to this passion project and it's been amazing. So we're missing having Megan here tonight, but yeah, again, it's one of those things where you know she's got to take care of herself first. So, so we appreciate all of you who have um kind of stuck around and who's been listening and and everything. And and we know you're out there. We know you're out there. We know you're out there. Um, because we've had a lot of countries and just yeah. watching us grow. Like, uh, we use Anchor and. Mm-hmm my gosh like we are okay so obviously canada united states united kingdom germany france italy australia mexico bosnia bosnia yeah <laughs> uh, jamaica brazil netherlands spain india new zealand morocco ireland singapore taiwan aruba slovakia russia japan norway indonesia like that's pretty much worldwide, I'd say. <laughs> we also do this because we know we have a voice. Mm-hmm. And when
1: you listen to this, you kind of say that our voice matters. And even if it doesn't matter and you disagree with us, at least you're listening and you're disagreeing, thinking and, you know, like it, it's conversation. Yeah. So thanks
0: for tuning in. I and guess. I, yeah. And I think anybody who's like wants to do a podcast, I think like some advice we can offer you is like, just go for it. Well, and I think uh, the number one and most important
1: rule to remember is to do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Do it for you. Don't worry about it being perfect. Don't worry about being in top 10 podcasts or anything like that. Right? Go into it with the top 10 attitude. Speaking of top 10s, maybe that's like an okay segue into the kind of top crimes of 2022
0: yeah so let's talk about those so these aren't necessarily cases that we've covered but this is like big breakthroughs kind of that came last year the first one on our top five is Glene maxwell it's pretty prominent
1: name yeah like it's become a name i feel over the last year that people just know (laughs) like Mm -hmm. also I think a year ago, I didn't even
0: know how to pronounce her first name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like 100%.
1: Gislaine?
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I read, I literally read everything phonetically. Yeah. So, the same way. Yeah, yeah. So I mispronounce yeah. so much. And it's funny because
1: I actually kind of remember when the story first came out and we recorded an episode, we edited out a part that you were talking about with her being sentenced mm-hmm. because we mispronounced. Her. Yeah. We all did, not just you. But So we're not going to go into a lot of detail on our top five cases of the year, but we will give you just kind of like a snippet. So if you don't know Ghislaine Maxwell, she is the partner of Jeffrey Epstein, who was convicted of his sex acts and like trafficking mm-hmm. and all that jazz. Uh, she helped him get away with it that whole time, but it wasn't until... June of this year, 2022, that she was actually finally sentenced. Now, Jeffrey Epstein has been sentenced and since killed himself.
0: <laughs> right.
1: But she is just sentenced and she was sentenced with 20 years.
0: 20 years, not enough, but at least it's something. But I mean, she is 60. Yeah. So it brings her to 80. Mm-hmm. um Another one, uh, high profile, obviously, was the West Memphis 3. So um back in, I believe it was June the judge tanya alexander had denied a petition by damien e coles one of the convicted to have advanced dna testing done on ligatures that were recovered in the 1993 murders of the three eight-year-old boys in west memphis so e coles is expected to appeal the ruling um but i mean that's something we talked about in one of our episodes is like a preliminary just crazy that like you have this evidence and the testing is available why wouldn't you test it
1: and you know that actually kind of brings up a little bit of an interesting conversation and it's something we've talked on before about how things are changing in the true crime world and they'll always change like you look 20 years ago we didn't have stuff like dna testing and now mm-hmm. we do the science is only going to get smarter And it's only going to get harder to get away with crimes, but it's not only getting away with crimes. It's also about solving these ones that are however old, like how many cold cases are being solved now through DNA and the genetic profiling. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Genetic profiling.
1: Yeah. So that's become a thing now. Right. And so with that, all these cold cases where any other, like they've gotten away with like take, um, golden state killer. Mm Mm-hmm. Or the East Area Rapist, the same person, right? Right. He went dormant. Yeah. For years and years and years and years and years, that never would have been solved. It never would have been figured out, but that this man was responsible for. 50 plus people
0: yeah because and then it wasn't for this genetic testing yeah, and they're using familial right? dna and not only that not only catching these criminals but also helping to identify people that have gone unidentified. Exactly. look at the somerton man which is the next one we'll get into yes so for decades authorities academics and the public they've traded theories about the identity of who the Summerton man was. Um, his body was found on a beach outside of, uh, Adelaide, Australia on yeah, December 1st. Episode on that. Yeah. So, um, in 2021, we did a Christmas episode where we covered crimes that were committed around the holidays and, uh, the Somerton man, um, on December 1st 1948 he was found on the beach in Australia I mean the thought was that he's a Russian spy that he was a jilted lover poisoned by his paramour a smuggler a former ballet dancer based on like how they saw his feet and you know what he was so yeah all of these um theories about who this man is but the truth is actually just more mundane than that so it turns out that uh, new DNA analysis suggests that the Somerton man is a man by the name of Carl or Charles Webb, and he was an electrical engineer from Melbourne who vanished from the public we- record in April of 1947. Just a regular joke. But, you know, he's he's, he's got a name now, yes. which is so
1: important. However... How long have we been talking about? How long has the Summerton man been a case? How mm-hmm. kind of eye opening is that, too? That for all these years, the number of conspiracy theories and just the level of conspiracy theory that has been thought about this man, and he's just.
0: Yeah, and this mm-hmm. is why rumors are dangerous. Yes. And it's like he's not just no. Charles yes. Webb; he' an engineer. Like yeah. he is Charles Webb. He, he But he's not friends, like an not undercover agent. From exactly. The CIA. Yeah, and like this, the links that people will go to just to to formulate some sort of answer because the unknown is scary. Yeah, and everybody has to have an answer for something, and sometimes it just gets so blown out of proportion. Yeah,
1: I think my favorite thing. Uh, and it, it also kind of is one of the things I'm most excited for being in true crime and paying it as close attention as we do is to see where we go in the next year with the science and the DNA mm-hmm. and, you know, just the technology that we use to solve crimes, because here we are talking about <laughs> a case from 40 some years ago yeah, that has for 40 some years been thought of being unsolvable but now it is exactly this is a message to anybody out there listening that thinks they've gotten away with murder this might be the
0: year that you're caught but another like we're talking about how one of the benefits of this advanced dna testing um can also help identify yes people yeah um the boy in the box right exactly
1: that's our next one of our top five so the boy in the box is a case from back in 1957 that baffled philadelphia for a while thanks to what we've been talking about this genetic testing the four-year-old victim has finally been named so sad had no face i mean they tried to do the reconstruction reconstruction, yeah yeah. up until 2022
0: and i'll just say they did that with the somerton man too they made a cast of his face in hopes that people would recognize him and nobody did yeah but well and i think if you look back on a lot of cases that do that
1: i feel like there's not as many cases that hit it on the mark like mm -hmm. what the actual culprit looks like for sure So I think as much as it was a useful technique back in the day,
0: uh,
1: there was also too much margin for error. Mm -hmm. In 1957, investigators discovered a young boy, nude, wrapped in a blanket and tucked inside of a cardboard box, just by the side of the road. Looked like he had been malnourished. It kind of looked like he had been beaten and tortured but for 57 years this little boy in this box went without a name he was known for a very long time as america's unknown child
0: so sad i just as a
1: mom you know of a boy yeah right but thanks to forensic advances in genealogy this young boy now has a name his name joseph augustus Zarelli, and Actually, it should be noted that the reason that they were able to get a DNA sample was because they decided to exhume the body to do so because they knew they had the science available. Yeah. They chose to do it. And you know what? That's all we'll talk about with the boy in the box. If you want to look up the boy in the box or whatever, go for it. Maybe we'll do an episode on it. The biggest thing to note is the science was available and they did it. Now, granted, they didn't know who this little boy was, so they didn't have to go to her family. To ask permission. To ask permission. But I think that's a really important note for families because families that live these cases on a day-to-day, it's harder to make those kinds of decisions, right? Mm -hmm. But I think those decisions need to be made with how the world is progressing and how science is progressing because you remember Paul Tucker. Yeah. Remember talking like the whole reason we did the interview with him was because he wanted other indigenous families to know that there was a program out there that the RCMP were not involved in. Yeah. That they could go to, to investigate the RCMP. Exactly.
0: Yeah. To help other families dealing.
1: How do you know that? How do it? you know yeah. that?
0: Exactly. Never, right? Sometimes you don't have like law enforcement isn't always going to give you yeah. the whole picture of how you can Seek assistance and find answers, especially when you're coming from minority groups.
1: Well, and we're coming off of like decades and decades and decades of you see it, don't talk about it. Right, right. And we're getting into an era now where see something, say something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, and I think people are getting more vocal, and people are believing people more often. And I think that's what needs to continue.
0: Yeah. So, Brittany, we talked about advances in DNA technology helping solve yes. crime cases, but I want to talk about Advances in cell phone tracking technology assisting in cases. That's another huge one. So Brittany Drexel, she went missing. She was a teen who who had vanished on a spring break trip to Myrtle Beach in 2009. Myrtle Beach! And for years, authorities had come up empty in the search for her. And prosecutors actually explained how these advances in cell phone tracking technology actually helped them convict a man named Raymond Moody. He's 62 years old, and he ended up pleading guilty in the disappearance and death of uh, of Brittany Drexel. She had texted her boyfriend back home that she was walking back uh, to the Bar Harbor after she was out for that night. Um, no one had heard from her again. A And authorities for years had no idea what happened to her. And after a lengthy investigation, Moody was convicted. Uh, He's a convicted sex offender already. He pled guilty to her kidnapping and raping and killing her. And uh, he actually led them to her body. So that's the top five that we had for you guys um, from 2022. I guess maybe we should uh, call out some people who were our biggest supporters. Yeah. Number one, our listeners. (laughs) So there are a handful of you who have been with us since the start and you've listened to the episodes and you've, you know, you probably cringed and, you know, grimaced a little bit. (laughs) Without you guys, we wouldn't have the the drive to keep going. So you guys are the driving force in us continuing this, really.
1: So that's why you get the first shout out. However, I think... Your husband needs a bit of a shout out.
0: Yeah, so my hubby, Nolan, um, he doesn't listen to True Crime, watch True Crime, none of that stuff, Um, but he has been very patient and understanding uh, with me having to take some time away in and the evening um, whether it's coming here because yeah. i live in a town outside of the city where the girls live um or you know locking myself in a room to do remote recordings and he's taking care of little m he's more than happy to do that he's a very involved father and for nolan thank you thanks for uh putting up with me peacing out for a couple hours <laughs> And me too, because let's face it. No, yeah, like thanks really up. Day.
1: You put up with
0: me just as long as you put up with Christy. Well, and honestly, this started kind of in the closet at my house, and we were making wine and everything too, which we yeah. need to get back on that wine making.
1: Yeah, we do, because you know I'm spending way too much money on wine these days. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier just go in my little cupboard and have like ten balls just ready to go. Sometimes
0: <laughs> I didn't even bottle
1: the one; I just siphon it out of the <laughs> carboy. That's true. I remember you sending me that picture, and I was like. Why bother? Are you? Are you just drinking another thing? Yes. And I've never been prouder of you. Thank you. (laughs) I guess maybe now that you've done that I should probably, you know, thank Kyle too.
0: Maybe. Maybe. Is it Kyle or is it Kyle? It's Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) No, you
1: know what? Kyle actually joined us for episode 21 of Home Room and Crew. It was uh, Man in Room 1046. Oh, I love
0: that episode. That was so good. You had me like You had me. I was captivated.
1: I really enjoyed recording that episode. And I I really enjoyed that Kyle came and, you know, recorded with us. I really didn't think he was going to. So not only thank you for that, but, you know, Kyle is totally okay with every single Wednesday, even Mm -hmm. though it's his typical first day off in the week. It's totally fine with two of my girlfriends just coming over, us drinking wine or whatever Mm -hmm. it is we're drinking.
0: So barely kidding. However,
1: yeah, right. <laughs> so however many joints we smoke, and he's always been cool and awesome with
0: it. Well, and he's and- given good input and like as from yeah. an outside perspective too. Like for today's, like what we're doing today, we appreciate that obviously from an outside perspective. So,
1: well, and we also have to thank Rita. Oh
0: yes, Mama, Mama Rita, Rita.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mama Rita. First off, for always being in our heads when we hear the word rural. Girl, Girl. <laughs> not only for that, but also for you know, always showing us support on our social medias, like sharing, I think,
0: liking, yeah. commenting, listening. Um, honestly, like, yeah, you are Mama Rita, and you are, you're everyone's mama.
1: Probably a whole lot more names that we need to mention. Um, I mean, like, Paul Tuckerow is one. He was our first interview we did. We appreciated him having the patience with us to figure out how we were going to do
0: our first interview. Well, and then that led into our kind of sister podcast being born.
1: Yes, uh, our sister podcast, which is Echoes of the Missing and Murdered. I don't know if a lot of people know that we have that sister podcast or why we started it.
0: We basically after the Amber Tucker. After the Amber Tuckero case, um, Brittany was getting a lot of a lot of people reaching out and uh from the indigenous community. And she's all, obviously already a part of a lot of these Facebook groups and stuff like that. But basically, we saw a need for a podcast that was separate from homebrew because homebrew is more relaxed, it's more banter related, it's you know, it's well, we're also- explicit, it's fun. But there was a need for For us to get a little more serious, well, because you
1: know some of the cases that we cover, you know, as much as yeah we get into them and we're drinking or we're weed or whatever, there there are some cases that it's it's just not appropriate, and I think that's why we branched off to echoes was because I think we recognize the fact that the people that were reaching out to us to do these episodes were very serious about it, yeah, and we had to take it seriously, of course. And I don't think any of us felt comfortable with you know putting what homebrew murder crew has become our banter back and forth and
0: exactly. It just journey. didn't fit yeah. the vision of what we yeah. were. And we definitely the last thing we wanted to do was disrespect um or take away from how serious these cases were. And so in the summer of last year, July. We were able to start by by having this interview with Amber's brother. And what an amazing thing. Like, yeah, again, there's somewhere else we have a learning curve, but then that branched out when Megan was able to do um, an interview as well. I look at
1: a true crime podcast across the board and I really only think there's taken Mm -hmm. is one of them.
0: We also have to be careful that we're not compromising these cases that are ongoing. Right. So it's a really delicate balance in that these um, these cases are out there and they're public, but we don't know all the information. The family might have more information, but they might not be in a position to, to share that at this time.
1: That's the other fine line that we tread, too, yep. though, is sticking to the facts. ECHOES gives a voice to the families, and we take our time to research it. We do it very delicately. We also... Occasionally reach out to the RCMP and other police parking
0: offices in hopes we get a response. But that's another thing because we all have opinions about the RCMP and how certain things have been handled. And I mean, that's not, we have to be careful not to make blanket statements and these families are still working with RCMP too. So we don't want to jeopardize their involvement. And they're
1: also scared is if they speak their honest truth, that it's going to affect how, their case is solved exactly. or if it's solved or not. Exactly. So it's very, it's, it is delicate. So mm-hmm. if you want to hear more about indigenous cases, you can always turn into Homebrew Murder Crew.
0: And we have a website too, echosofthemissingandmurder.com. Thank you so much, Megan, for putting that together. I mean, we did a lot of research last year But also the
1: hardest part I think about
0: a podcast is the research. Definitely. Oh yeah. And then like you get all this information, but then you have to structure it in a way that it it's authentic and it's you and it makes sense and it's captivating. So that's a lot of hard work. It's time consuming and it wears on you too. Like it's not, you know, you get emotionally invested and, you know, it's, it's hard and you need to take breaks and you need, you know, like you really have to watch right. how it affects you when you're doing it. Well, that's
1: why like I've taken such a break from echoes mm-hmm. is it's
0: well, and that's why I love doing like the dark history and the, which uh, I would
1: love like your Frank slide episode. Yeah. Also, can I just say, I think that might've been my favorite episode. I had
0: you captivated as hell. Oh
1: Well, cause here's the thing with Frank slide. I know it. Yeah. I've, driven through that entire town. Yeah. Still didn't know everything that you taught I know.
0: Me. And I learned so much doing the research on it and it almost like transports you there to that time. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I love that. But even like, I remember driving through there, it's been years, but I will say anytime I drive through the mountains, I am gobsmacked awestruck because I just, they're larger than life and it's just so magical and amazing right so you're getting that but you're also driving through the frank side and you're you're feeling that emotion and like the terror and the fear and like an entire town was lost well and
1: it's hard not to feel that way because there's that whole like kilometer or two or whatever that when you're driving you literally have a pile of rocks to the left of you the highway and another pile because of rocks. Because they literally to the right of you.
0: rebuilt the highway over, yeah, top, of over top of all of these like graves, yes. essentially, right? But then and when it's you're driving,
1: me <laughs> I know. But then when you're driving on this fucking highway too, you see these rock piles, mm-hmm. and they're so fucking high that you can't help but think to yourself, "Am I driving past a dead body right yeah. now?" Like yeah. you don't know, yeah. and it's eerie. Like one of my favorites that I did was the Saskatoon.
0: Frusitas. I love that one, you know, and, and I. Had heard about it before, but you obviously your research is really good into that and you had a passion for it. And it's actually recently that an incident like that occurred again. Yeah. Uh, and you know what?
1: And this was like long after that we even released yeah. the episode yeah. that there was another incident in Saskatoon. The only reason that it was never reported on or in the news was because the person survived. Yeah. The Saskatoon freezing deaths as gruesome and just inhumane as it is and if you haven't listened to that episode it is episode number episode number 10 Mm -hmm. on homebrew murder crew go listen to it and let me recap for anybody that maybe hasn't listened to the episode it's basically a problem in saskatchewan saskatoon especially where indigenous men are picked up Wherever they may be picked up, and then they're driven to
0: the outskirts of
1: town in
0: picked minus 40 by, weather by RCMP yes. for minor issues because they're suspect of either public drunkenness or some other crime. Yeah. So when you think you're going to go to
1: the drunk tank because it's like, oh, I'm drunk on the street and a police officer has got me, you expect to go to the drunk tank. But what's happening is these Saskatoon men, Indigenous men, get into these police cars after being apprehended and get driven out to the outskirts of town, which, if you know Sask- uh, Saskatchewan or Saskatoon, it's fucking prairie land. Mm-hmm. But if you know Canada, it also gets very, very, very cold. But these men, they, they'd be taken to the outskirts of town and expected to walk to safety, basically. But when you're in minus 40 and you have your shoes, socks, coat, everything taken from you, from the police officers. Yeah. The well, they of them-
0: thinking, know exactly what they're doing. And they know that essentially what's going to happen is these men are going to succumb to the elements. Yeah. But they they do this and then they call it the Starlight Tours. Yeah. And they have this disgusting, cringy name for it. I remember being brought to tears with that one. Yeah, it was, really it was a hard scary. one. I think we
1: took like four or five breaks during so. it. <laughs>
0: Um, but you know, we had some episodes that had um positive endings, and one that I can recall that survivor
1: story, yeah, that Megan did.
0: Um, her name was Crystal Searles, is Crystal Searles, and on December 30th, 1999, she was at a home in Del Rio, Texas, because they were there on holidays, Mm -hmm. and um, two of the girls were having a sleepover, and um. A 13 year old Kayleen Harris, who went by Katie. Um, I believe she wasn't a sister, but she was a close family friend. family friend. Yeah. Katie and 10-year-old Crystal Searles, uh, seven-year-old sister, Marquis Searles, they were staying at the Harris home. Uh, that night, the seven-year-old Marquis, she wanted to join the older girls in the sleepover, but obviously they weren't really having that. So she stayed in a, in her separate room, but they went to bed late that night. Um, Crystal says that she remembers waking up to something that sounded like a scream. Um, essentially, she witnessed the murder of her friend um, by this assailant. She tried to pretend to remain sleeping, but um, I believe the assailant uh, essentially saw her and went after her, beat her, but she ended up getting away and, and finding help. Anyway, she she lived to tell that story at that young age and It was, you know, it it was a sad outcome, but positive in the, in the sense that she survived and they did end up catching the guy and he was brought to justice. And that was, that was episode 11. That's another one of my favorite ones. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I, I feel like we've been, uh, we've chatted your ear off. We have chatted your (laughs) guys' ear off. And listen, we know that this episode isn't really an episode. We didn't have a script. We didn't have a case. But we really wanted to uh, ring in the new year, just being yeah. us and letting you guys know who we are, where we're going, where we've been, and thank you for being along for the ride.
0: Yeah, and not only that, but also by reflecting on the year past, like being grateful for the the opportunities that we've had to get together and to to do these cases and to hang out and. No matter how you
1: guys, no matter how good or crappy our podcast may be,
0: yeah,
1: I love what it has done for you, Megan, and myself. I know,
0: and I wish Megan could be here today, but um, I believe that she has an episode ready for next week. So. so
1: we will get together for that episode. Yep. thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for listening
0: to us. Thank you for your support. Yeah. We would love to hear from you guys in whatever way that you want to interact with us. We are on Facebook at Homebrew Murder Crew. We're
1: also on Instagram at Homebrew Murder Crew.
0: Um, You can email us at homebrewmurdercrew at gmail.com. Yep. And And I think that's pretty much it. And yeah, we'd love to know what you would like to hear, if you have any suggestions for us as far as cases go, if you have any constructive criticism. Uh, Keep it to (laughs) yourself. No, just kidding. Just please please be kind because we're kind of soft. and um, Very soft after the holidays. Right. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for joining us. Happy New Year. Wishing you all the best in 2023. Thank you for tuning in. We're Homebrew Murder Crew. And this has been a lot of fun. Bye. Bye.